Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My job is driving me crazy. Ah, sorry. Do you hate your job or does your job hate you? Sorry. Sorry, I can't find the answer to the question I heard. My career crisis. I called my boss a dick once, in an email. I sent it straight to him. It took about 30 seconds for my brain to register what I'd done. Without thinking another thought, I went straight up to his desk and told him I had just sent him an email of a most personal nature. And it was by mistake, and could he please delete it? He made a big show of covering his eyes and deleted it and then deleted it from his deleted items. Anyway, I'm sure he found it later on on the server or whatever. His wife, who ran the business, was in the process of divorcing him and he was sleeping in the office at the time. When I would turn up in the morning, he would send me to the shop for toothpaste. So, you know, he was being a dick. In fact, I seem to remember it was dick with many eyes. I was 23, working in fashion PR, and I had a crisis. I quit. I moved home and I stayed in bed for a week, which is where every good career crisis should begin. I'm Ruth Barnes. Welcome to My Career Crisis. We are sharing your stories of workplace woe. And I'm joined by career guidance expert, founder of Creative People, Sue Ahern, who dishes out the solid, sound advice. Hello, Ruth. Good to be here. Hi, Sue. Uh, This episode, we are talking about redundancy and, of course, that post-redundancy moment. It's a crossroads, really. And we're going to be talking to our fantastic guest who's got a lovely story for us about what she's going through at the moment. But do you have any top tips for that moment? What day one of being, you know, being made redundant? It's 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 quite an emotional, quite a trying time, I imagine. Every change is a bit of a bereavement, really. And this is quite a big one, particularly if you've worked in a company for a long time. It's like I'm not wanted. But actually, the truth about redundancy usually is, in the most, for the most part, that um, it's about jobs, not people. So you are a piece of uh, chess on a board and they're moving things around and you're surplus to requirements. Now, you can choose to take that personally or, second top tip, you can choose to use it as an opportunity. Because the chances are a lot of people would not voluntarily give up their job because a rut is a rut, but it's nice and safe. And the third thing I'd say is don't panic and don't rush, especially if you've been given some money to support you for a while. Look at this as a fantastic opportunity, which could be the launch pad for a lot of different things. So you don't have to rush into that. Even if people, your friends, family say, haven't you got a job yet? You're going to have to be a bit more Teflon about that. 
And we can talk about that in more detail later. It's, and it also the, the kind of dynamics of if you've chosen redundancy as well, that's a whole different leap, I suppose. It is, but can be easily as scary because you have actually done this to yourself. And <laughs> if you don't get an immediately wonderful job paying a fantastic salary, you'll think, what the hell have I done? So, you know, whichever way the dice fall, and you know what women are like, we're really good at self-blaming, um, this can be a real crossroads. I think that's a really good word that you've chosen. I'd like to see it as a fantastic opportunity. Well, someone who knows all about these feelings is our guest, Hannah Trickett. She took redundancy from her job as a manager at a commercial jewellery wholesalers after being a designer for many years. Hannah, welcome to My Career Crisis. Hello. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And I guess probably something of what Sue has said already must resonate with you. Gosh, yeah, lots of it, actually. And uh, I've decided to have a bit of time out and take that piece of advice, really. Talk just... us through what happened with you. I kind of knew it was coming, so they decided to move the company to Essex and they were starting to suggest people could take voluntary redundancy if they didn't want to travel to Essex every day. So that was coming in the new year, but um, they didn't do so well. So they pulled me and my colleague that we shared the role with, pulled us in early and moved us out a bit earlier than everybody else. So. The voluntary redundancy one always makes me laugh because sometimes I'm working with companies and helping them through a redundancy process. And they always say, um, what we'll do is we'll, we'll go for voluntary redundancy. And in their fantasy, all the people that they don't want to work there anymore put their hand up and immediately say, I'll go, please. And all the really good people stay. And of course, then what happens is often it's people they don't uh, they they don't want to lose will ask for voluntary redundancy because they know they're actually quite marketable and they're very shocked I don't know why yeah. it happens all the time yeah so yeah. how did you feel when that happened oh, it was it's strange because we were called up very out of the blue for a meeting so it was a big shock and but me and Vicky just went out and you know, had a bottle of Prosecco straight afterwards <laughs> <laughs> the only way to deal yeah. with that news thank lunch you. and Prosecco and yeah, it was really tough and it was a, it was a strange time and I I think there's such a feeling of relief because I I did need to move on. I, that's what I think you were saying earlier. I just needed I did need to change, you know. I've been there 16 years. I needed to move on with my life, but I probably would have just stuck at it really. And I guess it's stability. You have children, yes. so you yes, have responsibilities exactly. and suddenly yeah. that rug is pulled. Yeah, and I've got the mortgage to pay and the kids to bring up. So yeah, it's a, it was scary, but I soon figured out that I started looking for work straight away, so I was looking for work, and then I sort of took a little bit, bit of a sidestep back and sort of looked that I hadn't been around my family for so for so much. I'd always been working. The children hadn't hadn't had me around so much, and I thought, well, this is my opportunity to actually take some time out with them, spend the school holidays with them, and then think about what I want to do. My son was starting secondary school, so I wanted to settle him in there. So... I just kept moving the goalposts back every few months. It'd be like, right, I'll leave it till then. I'll leave it till then. So I got a very, very temporary job. So that sort of built up my confidence, actually. So I went through the whole interview process, got a job, but it's actually only been one day. But it built my confidence back up that I was kind of employable and I could go out and get a job in my chosen career. It's interesting, I think, when you work in a company for a long time, you become institutionalised. Okay. And instead of, you know, and I know you rose up through the ranks and you came into management, so by mm. anybody's estimation, you had a very successful time there. But it leads to the thought that, yeah, but could I work anywhere else? Yeah, you get completely 
you do get completely stuck. And and also because I, I think you almost become, you lose all your day-to-day skills because you're managing people. So, and as technology moves on within my industry, you know, people are moving into CAD rather than Illustrator. You sort of get further back from the day-to-day skills and you're managing people and pulling things together and going into meetings. So, so then you come out and it's the, you feel like the only job you can do is managerial. And to be honest, if I tried to look for a job at the same part of, of what I was doing previously in the same role, I haven't seen one in, you know, and I, I don't know if I'd see one in four or five years, really. I think that there's there was a, there was a culture before where, where managers, you know, where you, you rose up the ranks and, and you were almost encouraged to leave behind what made you, you know, so yeah. skilled in the first place. Um, I, you see that a lot when I was working in radio. And um, I think now there's a much more of an, an emphasis on people holding on to those skills and keeping them with you because actually a lot of those jobs are now being sort of moulded yeah. into one, which is why you can't see those jobs anymore. It must be so frustrating. No, no, there's nothing. You feel like your choice is just narrow down. No, I think the only person who's narrowing your choices is you. Probably. <laughs> sorry to be sorry to be brutal. That's why I love you, Sue. <laughs> um, no, it's really interesting the way you describe things because you say um, on a day-to-day basis I'm lose it. I, I lost my skills. Yeah, but you gained a whole load of others. Yes, yes. And and Oh, and if you're looking for a specific job like the job that you left, then absolutely your choices are narrow. But you're actually, by the sound of it, an experienced and talented manager of people. Yeah. Well, of course, if you're only looking at jewellery companies, probably there aren't many jobs. No. But the fact that you're mature, you've got a lot of life experience, you have good management skills, um, all of that, it makes you very marketable. But you've just got to open up the scope of things that you're prepared to look at. I think. Yeah, I am. I am prepared to look. I guess it's it's one. It's the confidence, or or even because when you do look at other managerial jobs, they do want experience in the field of what of what you're managing. So, so you've got to kind of broaden your interests elsewhere before you can then go. But it's also about the way you write your CV. Yeah. And if the way that you write your CV focusing on is on what you haven't got, and I am afraid to say that a lot of the female CVs that I get tells me what they can't do. Mm. And doesn't big up what they can do, so I think there's a there's a, a technique for writing the CVs. But but also, I mean, um, I'm just re- reminded a, a very good friend of mine, her husband took um, early redundancy from a job that he was completely stressed out about. Um, Fifty eight, so he left, uh, started started at home, just sort of being house husband. But my friend said uh, she gave him six months, but she could see him age in front of her eyes because he wasn't doing anything. So she gave him a bit of an ultimatum and said, you have to get a job, even if it's part time. I don't care what it is. So he went to Waitrose. And uh, this is such a funny story because he went and he said, I only want to work three days a week. I don't want to work and I want to work the same three days a week. They were incredibly flexible and said, OK. And he became the click and collect man, you know, and he takes the blind ladies to do their shopping and all of that. They all think he's the manager because he's 58. He's completely and utterly relaxed about it because um, it doesn't matter anymore. But they've just asked him to go on the leadership program. <laughs> there you go. And again, he said, but but I only want to do three days a week. And they said, that's fine. You're so great because you, you're so relaxed. You've got so much life experience. You don't get into a strop or anything like that. We think you're wonderful and we'd like you to go on the leadership program. So that's what he's doing. Amazing. Brilliant. I love those kind of stories. I, I feel like we need to do a, a pra- something practical right now, which is Hannah... 
um, you're sitting across from a, a CV guru. Um, <laughs> Excellent. What does your what what would the top kind of five things on your CV at the moment be? I guess they're in relation to jewelry okay, design yes, and, and managing very, it's probably, wholesale. It's jewelry. very jewelry specific. I, do, I have tailored it because I I was sort of looking at more educational jobs, so there's a bit of a tailoring. So it's. Uh, I'd say it just certainly needs help. What's on there? Gosh, <laughs> what's, what's the top it was, line? It's ages since I wrote. <laughs> I can't even think. Oh. My oh, CV God. is so but out of date. But that's an important point because you know people say I have my CV, but I think every CV has to be written for a job. You don't use a generic one. The generic one's fine as a template, which mm. is great. So you've all, you've got that produced. But usually with most jobs, um, you can ask for a job description for most jobs and most big companies will have job descriptions or they will use certain wording in the adver- advertising or if they're going through an agency, you can ask the agency. And what you need to do is reflect what they're asking for in your CV. I mean, so you make um, a judgment at the beginning. Yes, I've looked at that job description I think I can do 80% of what they're asking me to do, which is good enough, I think. Mm. And then you tailor your CV to use those buzzwords. Some companies now even use software mm-hmm. that picks up the buzzwords to see if they shortlist you. Oh, that's wow, so that's cynical. Good. Oh, my goodness. It's awful. Like, where are the humans? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I guess that saves time. So what you do, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not happy with it. But if that's the situation, but even to make, even if it's a human eye that's looking at it, you make their job so much easier for shortlisting if you've actually done the work for them and you've picked up the keywords yeah. Yeah, that they need. Yeah. You know? Hannah, you mentioned that um, you, you spent a day teaching and that yes. this was a big moment for you. And yes. I guess when you when you have taken a huge leap and someone or you've been made redundant and just something as simple as one day yeah. of doing something that's given you a huge boost and galvanised you and you've, you've even changed your CV to go down a yeah. more education-oriented route, that must have been a bit of a breakthrough moment for you. Yeah, it was great. There was only a couple, maybe two weeks ago I did the actual teaching. I got the job ages ago so that was funny because that was a real point where I I stopped feeling like I needed to rush and find a job even though I knew this wasn't going to make me any big money or anything but it was that point where I thought I can actually take a step back and think do I want to work for myself do I want to refocus but then I did the teaching and I I was going into it feeling a bit like I'm not sure how far this could go but really enjoyed it when I was doing it so there is there is a bit of that were there elements from your your old job that that kind of fitted into that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because as a manager, you'd get in a lot of people straight from university, and I mean, we saw a lot of CVs. We did a lot of interviews, so I kind of know a bad CV. It's difficult when it's your own. You know, I, I know it when you when there's a job there, but you know, for your own, it's a little bit more tricky to be objective. There's there's also there's a different way of of looking at this. And so far, what we're doing is we're going down a route which we're saying, what job will be good for me? And another route to go down is to say, to think about life, and this is a really sort of awful word I don't like using, more holistically, because that makes it sound all Californian. But it's, um, what do you want out of life? And it's been interesting hearing you talk about the children because you've spent some time now spending more time with them. So if you're designing a job, forget about what the job is for a moment Talk to me about how many days a week you want to work. Gosh, don't that's terrible at the moment. Um, three. Let's let's set that really right. I'm really enjoying picking my son up from school, and being around the school, and I want to keep that for a while. And I'm just I I actually don't know how I coped before. I mean, I was I was working every day, but I was a bit part time, and I can't figure out how I got everything done at all you know two kids on your own with with Zach who's a handful at the best of times you know it's so yeah three days 
but I I also want decent holidays really time to be able to because holidays are just a tricky but can you see that it's a completely different way of looking at it that yeah. you look about what you want in life um I, I sometimes when I'm sort of working with people I've got a, a, a list of things and I ask them to put them in order and and some of them so things like wealth you know and people can be sniffy about that but as you say you've got to pay the mortgage mm. so and I don't particularly want to be worrying about the gas bill no. every every quarter so what's the minimum that you can work for it also might affect any benefits that you get. So that's mm. worth sort of factoring in as well. Um, when I first left a big company to set up my own business, I, I would do this list and top kept coming independence. And I thought it was time for me to leave. I have to leave. And three weeks after I left, I discovered I was pregnant and my husband's business was going down the tubes. Mm. So that perhaps wasn't the best decision <laughs> in retrospect. But actually taking along the view, it was really good that it happened at that time because mm. I probably would have stayed and that would have been a bad choice. Yeah. So, but I think looking at your life and what you need in your life is really good. I mean, is it important to you that you do a prestigious job? That no. you. So that's that's not, not particularly. I mean, there are things that I'd love to do. You know, if if I stay in jewellery, the only place I'd like to go is into sort of fair trade jewellery. So you know, um, but it's not after the prestige. It is after more the essence behind it I guess and moving away from the commerciality and the unethical side of jewellery so if I stayed in jewellery I'd like to stay do that really. It's bizarre I never thought I'd hear those words the unethical side of jewellery but I guess it's like fashion it's like any part of the fashion it's business. much more unethical than fashion I think. Really? Yeah. Have you got I some got, I suppose horrible stories? Stones and yeah. Gold. yeah. Gold and, and, and this is what some people have been doing it's fair, fair, fair mind gold. Because the the other it, it, the other interesting thing to ask yourself is what should be a hobby and what should earn your daily bread, mm. and um, so when you start a business, I speak from personal experience, it's not just the skill that you have. You have to be a marketeer, you have to be a salesperson, you mm. have to be. That's really hard work before you actually get the the job. And and the question to ask yourself is, do I need that stress at this moment? Yeah. God help us, we'll be working till we're seventy, so you've got plenty of time. Yeah. You know, um, maybe when the kids are a bit older, you could go into jewellery or whatever. Yeah. You need something that suits your needs now. Yeah, it feels like contributing, making your contribution, doing something that really matters is is quite a, is very important to you at the moment. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think it is. Is that something that that is quite common when people have this sort of massive life change? They suddenly take stock, look at their life, what they were doing, and think, "Hang on, do I need to do something that means something?" Yeah, it is very common, but I, I would always be very pragmatic about, pragmatic about this. And it, it, I always think of life in phases. Mm. And and I think women are more like, I, if I do it now, you know, I've got to make this big change, I've got to do all of this. In five years' time, your life might look completely different. Mm. Your kids are, will be much more independent. And so I, I don't want you to sort of think 20 years down the line, just what suits me now. Now, it might suit you now to do more of an educational thing because that blends in well with the children. You could still design jewellery on the side. You could still keep your fingers in that sort of arena. You know people who do fair trade, talking to them, building that up. And so in five, six years' time when they're more independent, you could launch into that. It's You don't have to do one thing or the other. You can blend yeah. them. Why does this matter to you now, Hannah? What's I guess, changed? I guess uh, there's always a slight, a slight thing. I, I, I like that idea, and it is kind of in essence of where I'm, where I'm kind of falling. But I guess you worry a little bit about if you wanted to get back into your industry and you've got this gap, you know, of 
is as a particularly as a woman, you know, I've got this gap, mm-hmm. and it's just you know, it's it's a weird way around to do it because so many of my friends, who, when their kids are getting to eleven and thirteen, they're going into work. You know, they've been whereas I've done the reverse. I think my kids need me more now. They do. So than when they were little. When they're little, they can be looked after by lots of people. I think they need you more mentally um, when they're older, and when you're working full time, your brain is so tired. You haven't got that sort of mental energy to give them. So, yeah. I feel like now is a good time to just, like you say, step back a bit and then go back into what I do later. But then I I just worry about how employable I'll be at nearing nearing 50 and not having worked in the jewellery industry for four years. All of it is about the narrative that Mm. you tell about the gap. And actually, you're not going to... Okay, you might not be designing jewellery professionally... But you can still be doing it. Yeah. You can still keeping your contacts up is actually quite important, yeah. and you can do that online. There's so many other different ways that you can you can do that. So it's not like you're going to be in a cupboard for four years. You know, you are still going to be uh, um, around. But also, if I saw you interview, what I'd be wanting to know is, well, why did you do that? And I think you've got a really interesting story to tell. Yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Did you treat yourself at all with any yeah, of the money? Yeah, we went, oh, well, I took me and the kids, the three of us went on a road trip across America for four <laughs> weeks. That's wonderful. And we're slightly, I've still got this little one for next summer that because I've got a cousin in America and a cousin in Brazil. So I'm like, can we do, can we do Brazil this summer? Can we do it? Definitely do it. I know it. part of me is like, I really should save that last bit of money or shall we just blow it on a trip to Brazil? <laughs> but I think what's interesting about, I would totally agree with you about when your children need you. I mean, mine are grown up now, but I, I would, you know, if I rule the world, wouldn't it be a much better place? But if I did, one of the things I would really like to do is when you have maternity leave, I think you should be able to choose when you take it. Yeah. <laughs> and taking it at 13, I think is quite... <laughs> yeah. Because they're much more needy. Oh, you know, gosh, yeah. it's more difficult for you when they're a child because, you know, your heart is broken every time you hand over a baby. 
But actually, they're oblivious. That's they know, so they true. don't remember. Yeah. I'm at handing all. over a 20 month old at the moment, yeah. and she couldn't care less. No, no. she do. goes into nursery with windmill arms, like high fiving everybody, <laughs> and she's like, "See a mum." I'm like, "I just want to say I love you," and she's already, you know, watching Peppa Pig or whatever. So, and and when you're when they're 13, 14, 15, they are more troubled, and also you can't say, "Okay, here is half an hour of my quality time now." Do you want to tell me your problems? Because they really don't. No, it has no, to come out in comes, bits. Yeah. So I think the choice you're making about your kids is really excellent, you know, and the redundancy seems to have come at a good time for that. Yeah, yeah, it, it did work because Zach was, Zach was really struggling with transition. So it was, yeah, it was a good time to... Should we, uh, should we hear from somebody else's uh, career crisis? Yes. My career crisis. Here we go. This is from Anonymous. Most people are anonymous when they get in touch with us. That's okay. We encourage you to just be honest. That's all we want. So Anonymous has got in touch and says, I am a writer journalist uh, slash journalist with an unusual problem. I love work too much and I seem to be pretty good at it as I'm being offered more work than I can, can possibly do. I'm in a great position as I have reached the point, lucky me, where even after I've turned down the things I don't really want to do, there are more things being offered than I can actually do. And I'm finding this hard. I regularly work over 15 hours a day and at weekends, which has an impact on my friends, relationship and family. But I do love my work. How can I rationalise my work life? Well, this is a good one to come off the back of what we've just been talking about. Um, I think what's really great about what she said is that she's got to the stage where she knows she can say no and they will still ask her. And that's a really when that first happens to you as a freelance, that's a real breakthrough moment, because I think we're all terrified that if we ever say no, somebody won't ask us again. And that's not true. If you're really good at what you do, what a possible incentive is there for you not to get the work? But what I would say to her, there's a great Woody Allen quote, which says, nobody on their deathbed ever said, I wish I'd spent more time at the, the office, <laughs> yes. you know. And OK, maybe it's really exciting now when she's younger. But as she gets older and maybe her friends get married, start having children and she's still working 15 hours a day. I mean, if, if you're happy with that, go with it. But it's just trying to look at life in the round a bit more. I think she's got one of those jobs that she obviously loves as well. You know, she's a writer and a journalist, so she's writing, writing, writing. I mean, wonderful. You know, hopefully her muse will keep her writing for, for you know, many years. But it's one of those things where you have to actually force yourself, I think, to prioritise your friends and relationships because it can be so easy to get lost in that. Well, it's tunnel. not only that. If you're in a creative industry like that, I mean, I was a journalist myself, you have to have a life to write about. That's true. Mm. You know, if all you're doing is, where else are you getting your ideas and your stories? You're reading off somebody else's newsfeed. Mm. You're picking up things from the Daily Mail or whatever and seeing how can I turn that into a magazine piece or whatever. Well, what about life experience? I mean, I think it's wonderful sometimes when you read a piece, a comment piece in a newspaper about something that's actually happened to somebody and the way that they write about it. It's completely different from something that's secondhand. So all I would say is that her growth as a writer and as a journalist is going to be stunted unless she has a life is that brutal again that's very brutal sue just having a that's fine day. though we like that um hannah it's been nearly a year am i right that you yes when it was, was it? it was february tell us how has that year been for you walk us through it i guess it's been Gosh, a massive emotional okay. roller coaster yeah yes anxiety um yeah i'd say the first bit was kind of always just looking for jobs constantly looking and then it would get to a ho- and I was, right by the end of this point I'm going to have a job and then it's sort of and then it got I think Easter we got to Easter and I went do you know what I can actually work out how I can survive on with like this and actually I can survive let's do this summer holiday so then it was just like right I'm not looking for work 
suddenly, you know, my parents, even though I'm 44, are going, are you going to get a job? I was like, mm. <laughs> well, not for now. There's always Waitrose. Yeah. It sounds great. <laughs> Honestly, it sounds brilliant. But you, you made a really interesting point there about your parents because I think the other thing is about you make these decisions for you and not to please anybody else. And it sort of makes you feel guilty, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, yeah. they're only saying it because they love you and they want you to be happy. But at the same time... Um, there's a guilt feeling that maybe I should be looking for a job. Am I a failure because I haven't got a job? Yeah. I think as long as your sort of internal narrative is, isn't this year been wonderful? I, you know, I've made Zach's transition marvellous. Mm. They're really happy. They're really stable. I'll get a job. It's how you answer that question. No, not yet. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to have a look in the new year or whatever, you know. It's getting those lines right so you don't sound as though you're on your back foot all the time. No, no. It's been really nice since September, to be honest, because I've been doing yoga and I was swimming this morning at the Lido <laughs> and um, been doing some volunteering. So oh, Now tell us about really the volunteering because I, I know you've been working with adults with learning difficulties. Has yes. that been, how's that been? Has that been uh, a, yeah, it's great. It's an yeah. um, amazing organisation um, that support adults with learning disabilities in through arts and music and they, so I help out at a sort of weekly, I guess it's like a course where they just can get, take part in loads of different activities so that's that's been amazing I'd I guess love that's to see how to I your could, design. yeah I'd love to see how I could use that because you can do sessions so you can do a morning or an afternoon session um as a sort of freelancer and I haven't I haven't offered it out there but I'd quite like to do some sort of jewelry workshop so yeah I'm kind of setting that up secretly in the background hoping maybe I can do that sometime. is that something that you could spin into a job it's something I'm thinking about because this is based in um, Deptford and I live in Hackney. So, you know, it's whether I can can do something similar in Hackney. I've, I have just started to look what is on offer for adults with learning disabilities in Hackney. What what experience do you have in that area? Well, my son's got Down syndrome, so it's kind of an interest of mine. My mum was a special needs teacher. Uh -huh, so um, okay. I, I'd kind of thought about children and then I just thought, I, you know, I've got children. I don't really want to work with children. And to be honest, I went to an event with my son and just really liked this organisation. And I saw that they wanted volunteers and I wasn't working. So I thought just be a great place to go. And it is. The people there are amazing yeah but but what's so great about that is that's a whole new sort of network of people for you to know yeah. and and networking is so important and i think it's never been easier to network than it is now you know certainly because i am um very old when i was young you had to <laughs> yeah. physically go to things and if you had small kids it was really difficult now we've got these online communities that you can talk to i found them incredibly helpful you have a question you ask somebody people will give you contacts so i think all of that's to be exploited as well uh, brings us neatly on to our second question from our our lovely audience my career crisis uh, anonymous anonymous number two I had a job on a community forum, which was flexible working heaven. I've moved to a more senior position and there's less flexibility in terms of working from home. Add to that the parenthood trap when you want to consider having another child. So you have to wait around in a job you don't like just to get the maternity pay. I now see my son for a sum total of 30 minutes a day, Monday to Friday. It's deeply distressing to think I made this choice to further my career and give us more financial stability. But the cost is the lack of family time we now have. I feel like I'm letting everyone down and I'm miserable. I left a creative job for the money without realising that I I've never been motivated by money before, so why would I be now? Hmm. 
It's just I read that and honestly my heart bled. I just thought the thought mm. of thirty minutes a day with your with your child it's and nice. you're in this job that you know is kind of all, for all the right reasons I suppose on paper, but so wrong in your but in your heart. But if she's decided that money isn't the motivating factor. Well, why doesn't she try and negotiate a return to what she was doing before, especially if you, she wants another child? Again, it's not forever. It's for the next couple of years, you know. And um, I see a real resurgence in women now. Of uh, I see them because I work in a lot of consultancy work. There are so many women who are 50, 55, 60 who are coming back because they're sensible. They get things done. They've had their kids. They don't have to pick anybody up from school. There is life after children. Mm. But this is a crunch point because you're trying to work. You're trying to earn money. You're trying to be the perfect mother. They'll give up on that one, I can tell you. <laughs> um, but I do think that um, if you go back to what we were saying before about what does my life need at the moment? So she wants to see her children more. So maybe, I mean, there are two things. Is it inevitable that the management role that she has gone into has to work so many hours? I think that's worth trying to negotiate. Definitely. Because I think sometimes they think that's the way it is. But mm. if you can offer them a, a, a different version of that and still get the work done, so much the better. I've successfully helped people negotiate working one day at home or whatever. But you've got to be working. But it does allow you to drop off, pick up, that sort of thing. But if that's not the case, then maybe that role is not right for her at the moment. So could she not negotiate a less pressurised job pro tem? I think, you know, I will celebrate the death of the nine to five. I already feel like it's going, you know, or the, or the 10 to six, because I can't work like that. I don't function well at, between those hours. Just generally, I'm much better working very early in the morning or late at night or I don't know. I just feel like if people were more flexible and if businesses had more flexible HR plans where mm -hmm. they could say to somebody, OK, no problem. If you're guaranteeing us you're going to do three hours of work between eight and 11 at night, you know, that's fine. We'll, we'll know you've been online. You can trace everybody's movements now. You you know when someone's been working or not it's it's just depressing that you have to fit in with this very archaic very old view of what a working day there's is there's so much research to show that the productivity of people who work from home is actually higher um also they're loyal and more motivated because they don't want to give up this job because you've allowed them to work at home for one two days a week or whatever it is so they're very very motivated but they don't have a commute so they're not stressed you know, um, lots of big computer firms are doing it all, yes. the, all the time. But I, I would say there are lots of, I mean, there are some jobs you have to be there. Nursing, probably couldn't do that from home. <laughs> but but um, there are lots and lots of jobs with a bit of imagination. And it's, it says more about our management class having very little imagination or being scared and insecure about people not under their nose. Yeah. I'd always negotiate it, though, see what you can get away with. Definitely. I just, I, I feel like you, you need to write out a plan and almost present it to them and just say, look, think this like is them. it. Think like them. Right. Think, why would I not want to give this person flexible working and then work out how you're going to counter that and it, make a business case of it. Don't be emotional. That's the other thing. We're all very emotional about it. If you make a really good business case, it's more likely to succeed. Um, if you have a career crisis and you want to come on the show or just send us a message, we'd love to hear from you as well. Our best place to get in touch is Twitter at My Career Crisis. If you follow us, we'll follow you back and you can send us a message. Um, Hannah, let's go on a really personal note. What's yeah. it been like this last year when people have said to you, so, Hannah, you know, how's the job search going? <laughs> I've been, my recent line is, um, oh, I'm, I'm my own housewife. So I'm a housewife <laughs> for myself. I spent 16 years working, so now I'm going to be a housewife. Um, and the house has never been so messy. Because <laughs> you don't actually have to do housework if, um, 
if you're not working the next day. Because <laughs> when you're working, you have to do the housework yeah. when you've got that window. But when you're not working, you can go, oh, tip tomorrow. So, it's, yes, yeah, it's just a mess. But isn't really? it interesting how you, you've got to defend yourself? Yeah. You know, I have worked for 16 years. Yeah. I'm not a slacker. Yeah. I, I, why don't you just say, I'm having a fabulous time. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if people ask now, I just tell them of my social life. Yeah, I'm going swimming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doing my yoga. <laughs> um, Hannah, what positive steps are you going to take from this? From this today? Yes. Um, I'm probably not going to worry so much. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I am going to try and probably slightly refocus. I'll, I'll, look at, I'll look at some of the educational side. I, I wonder if there's maybe some other places I could do something similar to what I've done before but I yeah I probably will take it a bit easier and and work it around you know my family life and make sure I can sort of maintain where I am with the kids and our relationship now I think you know that crucial teenage point I think it's more important and it's just always keeping an eye on your finances I guess you know as a sort of single mum you've just got to kind of constantly just just Mm. keep a check on yourself which I do, yeah. But if you think about it, they'll never forget America. No, exactly. They'll never forget that. Or Brazil. Or Brazil. <laughs> Got to yeah. do it. I know. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us okay, on the show. Okay, thanks. Thanks for listening to My Career Crisis. Please do subscribe to us and review and rate us in iTunes. It means a lot. Thanks. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.